Lord God, we thank you for your amazing love. And today as we talk about the power of love, help us to understand that you want that love to fill us up. You want that love to pour through us and out into this world. Help us to understand more what that love is today and how to live it out in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I begin the message for today, I want to read something to you, which it comes from the National Lutheran School Accreditation. It says, it is my sincere pleasure to inform you that your school has been awarded a special honor related to its accreditation status. Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran School has been recognized by the NLSA National Accreditation Commission as a school of distinction. This is a high honor. The defined criteria for schools of distinction is as follows. NLSA schools of distinction are selected from a group of candidates for accreditation each year. Schools scoring in the top 5% in overall school ratings from the group of candidates for accreditation will be recognized as schools of distinction. Is that awesome? So what that means is we were accredited this last year. Not every school that you know, tries to go through accreditation actually gets accredited. We got accredited, and from those schools that got accredited, we were in the top 5%. So that's a great honor. And I think one of the, the best-kept secrets in this whole area is our Christian Day School. And I want to encourage you to get the word out more to our community about it, because we have great education there. But even more importantly, we get to share on the love of Christ every day in the classrooms. Today our focus is going to be on the power of love as we go through a series called A Power-Packed Life. And last week we talked about spiritual gifts. Very, very interesting that so the first part of chapter 12 in Romans talks about spiritual gifts, the second part talks about love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 it talks about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about what? It's called the love chapter. So when we have a talk about spiritual gifts, the next section talks about love. That when spiritual gifts come together and work, and the body of Christ is working, what pours out is love. And today we're going to see a definition of what that love is. In fact, this section of scripture um, is loaded. I always felt that 1 Corinthians 13 was the best definition of love. My jury's out again, because this section here actually goes more in depth. In fact, today, I'm going to preach you 22 sermons. Okay? There are 22 sections in this section of Scripture, and every one is like a sermon in itself. And so when anybody asks you today, what do you do this morning? Well, I went to church, and I had here 22 sermons. You can actually say that. You're still going to get out of here, <clears throat> excuse me, within the hour. Okay, I promise you, you still get out within the hour. But we're going to have 22 mini-sermons. And so I needed to concentrate and focus on each section I read, because what this is going to lay out is what God's love looks like when it's applied. And the first section says this, love must be sincere. And what that means is love is to be real. It's not fake. Some people might say, I love you, now I want you to do this for me. That's not the way it works. God's perfect agape love is all about giving, 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 without expecting a return. So love is meant to be real, authentic, coming from the heart. The second one, Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. There's evil and there's good. And we see evil in the world all around us. So you're flipping through the TV stations with your remote control. You see a show coming on, it's a little bit seedy, maybe not really good content. 
what you do. Watch it. No, don't, don't go there. Keep looking for something that's going to be edifying. You know, our minds are like computers. What goes in is going to affect the, what goes out of us. And so I want to encourage us, we can hate what is evil, stay away from that. We can hate it, always love the sinner, hate the sin, but cling to what is good, what is right, the things of God. Sermon number three. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. So there's different Greek words for love. There's agape, which is Jesus' perfect love. Here comes the word phileo. Think of this city of Philadelphia, the city of what? Brotherly love. That ultimately, if every one of us was able to trace our genealogies all the way back, we all go back to who? Adam and Eve. We're all one family. We're going to be together forever to be devoted to each other. Help each other out on this journey. We are brothers and sisters together in our Lord Jesus Christ. Next. Honor one another above yourselves. You take the word joy and the acronym J-O-Y is Jesus, others, you. If we live our life in that order, Jesus first and comes others, then ourselves, things really fall into place. To honor people even above ourselves. And Jesus showed us that example when he gave his life on the cross for our sins, serving us and putting us even above himself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. God wants us to live our lives with passion. And I think sometimes the world weighs down on us. Challenges, difficulties, they hit us. And what happens? We get wore down. And sometimes we feel like we're running on empty. Maybe our, our passion is, is kind of drying up and we're just kind of floating through life. And sometimes we may not recognize it. And not too long ago, somebody that came up to me and said, you know, John, I need to talk to you. And he sat down and he talked with me and says, you know, John, you don't seem like you're quite yourself lately. What's going on? And I thought I was going along just fine. He kind of get in a rut or whatever. He's going along. He's, you don't realize you're maybe in a rut. And I was listening to him. All of a sudden I realized, you know what? He's right. He's right. I was running on empty. And I need to focus more on my vertical relationship with God and get filled up myself. And from that point on, things got a lot better. But I am thankful that person reached out to me and, and saw the situation that I was in. And for us to do that for each other to help each other, to, to be at our best in serving God and, and to be loving the way he wants us to love and to not lose that fervor, that passion he wants us to have, not just here at church, but all week long in serving him in this wild world in which we live. Be joyful in hope. Joyful in hope. Now, I want to clarify something here. Our English word for hope is kind of wishy-washy. I hope that happens. What does that mean? It may happen. It may not happen. The Greek word, and the way it's applied in the Bible, is different. The word hope is a sure and certain thing. It's 100% sure. So to be joyful in hope is this, that I can be joyful because I know that Jesus did live. He died. He rose. I'm forgiven. I'm going to go to heaven. My God is with me every step of the way, and I can find joy in that, even in the midst of challenges, because God always has my back. That hope is secure. It's solid. Be patient in affliction. 
Another word for patient, and you see it quite often if you used to read the King James Version or still do, it means long-suffering. Be long-suffering in affliction. Does that sound like fun? The reality is, think about your life. When have you grown the most? In the good times? No. The good times would take things for granted. In those challenges, in those afflictions, the times we suffered, that's when we grew the most. The same author, Paul, says, I rejoice in my suffering because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. He says that in Romans 5, 3 through 5. It may seem kind of strange, but no suffering, it's almost like, you know what? God's going to help me through this, this season of my life. He's going to help me through the suffering time, and on the other side, he's going he's to be there, and I'm going to get stronger. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm going to get better because he's walking with me. Patient and affliction. Faithful in prayer. This is that vertical relationship. You can talk to God anytime, anywhere. He hears all of our requests. But one of the things we should be praying for a lot is, Lord, keep filling me with your love. Keep filling me to overflowing. So often our prayers are worldly. We think about the Lord's Prayer. It's all about eternal things, except forgive us this day our daily bread. And that talks about the necessity of food for life, but also it talks about spiritual bread. So the most important things to pray about are the things of God, the things that have eternal significance, being faithful in prayer, talking to God as we go through the day. Share with God's people who are in need. Help each other out. You know, this congregation is extremely generous in serving our community and the surrounding area and even doing things around the world. We even do a lot of things within our own congregation. We have a fund in our church called the Good Samaritan Fund. And Pastor Alan and myself have the privilege of helping many families in our church that need help at various points in their life. And that's all of us working together because a lot of you participate in, in keeping that fund filled up. But being there to take care of one another, that's what love is. Practice hospitality. The last couple of weeks I've talked to a lot of um, parents whose kids went off to college as freshmen. And that first week or two in school can be a little bit um, scary. And I think back to when I was a freshman. I went to a school, a college, where I didn't know anybody. And I was kind of shy. And the RA, resident assistant on the floor, he realized that I wasn't doing really well. And he pulled me aside and said, what's the matter? I said, I don't know anybody. And everybody's being kind of mean to me. They're ignoring me. He said something I'll never forget. If you want to have friends, you got to be a friend. His whole thing is you got to get out there and, and get involved in the lives of others. Don't sit back and wait for, for things to come to you. Go out and make life happen. Hospitality is opening our lives to others, letting others in. You know, so often our society is so fixated on things and phones and computers and some people seem to love, love their pets more than they love people. And the reality is God is a God about people. And he wants us to be involved in the lives of people, to have our lives open for people to enter in and be there to serve them and help them on the journey. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Does that sound easy to do? Somebody says, I hate you. You say, you know what? I love you. I hate you. I bless you. 
Kind of a strange way to act, isn't it? That's how God wants us to act. Our natural inclination, someone strikes you, you strike them back harder, right? And then the, the battle just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Somebody's got to stop the fight. Love stops that fight to bless those who make our lives difficult or persecute us. Next, rejoice with those who rejoice. When people are celebrating, when they're happy, rejoice with them. That's the fun part, right? It's fun to rejoice with people that are rejoicing. The next one's more challenging. Mourn with those who mourn. I want you to think for a moment. For the people in South Texas and Louisiana that are, their houses are underwater, their property is destroyed, even loss of life, how does it make you feel? Kind of bad? Now I want you to imagine this. Your house is under three feet of water. Your property is destroyed. How do you feel now? Even worse, right? Because the people that are going through challenges anywhere in the world are real people like you and me. And I think there's so much stuff we see in the news and you know, so much tragedy, eventually we become hardened to it. To understand what people are going through, sometimes we've got to put our minds inside of their mind and try to get on their level and understand their pain. But we have to be careful. As we go through those times with them, we can't let that keep us down. We can mourn with them, but when we leave, we need to pray and say, God, take that back so I can now go on and serve. Because if we get knocked down and, and carry too much burden ourselves, we're no good in serving. It's hard for us to love. But mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. So if you go to a, a symphony and the orchestra's playing, and the clarinet is completely off. What does it do for the whole symphony? Kind of messes up, right? We are like an orchestra, every one of us. And every one of you is playing in the orchestra. And the key is for you to be who you are in Christ. If you do that, you're playing the right note. Find your spiritual gifts, serve in the body of Christ, live in harmony with one another. And the church is meant to be a beautiful symphony that goes out into the world. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. I want you to, to think in your mind for a second. Is there anybody in this world you look down on? If you do, there's something wrong. Even the, the most evil people, we're not to look down on them. We, we can hate what they do. But if we're going to change the world, we have to always love people, no matter who they are. And never look down on anybody. That's what love is. That's how it's played out in life. Do not be conceited. People that are arrogant, prideful, they are insecure. It's not fun to be around people like that, is it? Even when you're around people like that, again, you can hate what they're doing, but you still need to love them and maybe rather get angry at them, feel bad about what must be going on inside their heads and their lives. But be humble. And Jesus showed the ex ultimate example of humility. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Someone strikes you with evil, don't strike back with evil. Strike back with what? With good. Always repay evil with good. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Does anybody here ever have dreams? Raise your hand if you have dreams. Do you remember your dreams? Do you ever have weird dreams? 
Okay. I had a really weird dream about a week and a half ago. And I got to tell you about it. I usually don't remember my dreams. This one was vivid. I was sitting in a room in a chair, and there were four people sitting in chairs, kind of in a semicircle around me, and they were staring at me nonstop. And I'm thinking, why are they staring at me? Just kept staring and staring. And finally I asked, why are you staring at me? They said, because you're our pastor. It's like, whoa, then I woke up. All of a sudden it's like, it's, you know, because sometimes you're going through life and you, you don't realize people are watching you. Whether you're a pastor or a Christian in the outside world, if you're at work, no matter where you are in your neighborhood, you're a Christian, they're watching you. And I'll tell you what, the best sermons you preach are not with words. They're with your actions. To try to do what's right. And we mess up sometimes, but... God forgives, but try the best we can to do what's right, to follow God's word and to be an example for others. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, focusing on as far as it depends on you, live at peace. There's only one life we can live. That's our own. We can't live anyone else's life. And if we do our part in the process of bringing peace, that's all we can do. Somebody's got to try to make peace. The other person or people involved, maybe they're not going to reciprocate with peace. But at least you did your part to try to live at peace as far as it depends on you. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For as written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Our natural inclination... When people go after us, we go after them. We want revenge. Someone does something terrible to you, it's like, i got to get them back. Let's be honest. Some of you are angry at somebody that's maybe 2,000 miles away. Or maybe that person even has passed away, and you're still angry at them. And my question to you is this. Is that doing you any good? That person's still getting you. And the person that's allowing it to happen is who? Yourself. To let it go. To forgive. Let things go and let God take care of things in the end. And for people that are living lives of sin, sometimes those people that cause the most damage, they're digging their own hole. Every time they sin, eventually they're going to fall in their own hole. Rather than being angry at them, we should feel bad for them. Have Have sympathy for them. A couple more to go. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. God's way of revenge is this. Someone hates you, you love them. Your enemy's hungry, you feed him. He's thirsty, give him something to drink. Has anybody seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge? About a guy named Desmond Doss. Just an amazing movie about a, a guy who wouldn't um, bear arms in, in World War II, but he wanted to be a medic. And he took a lot of grief from his company that he worked with. And they were in this battle on Hacksaw Ridge, and, and the Japanese had a bonsai attack. And the, all the soldiers, the American the soldiers who survived, went off the, the ridge except for Desmond Doss. He stayed on top because he wanted to rescue as many injured American soldiers as possible. In fact, it's been told that 75 American soldiers he rescued and lowered them down that ridge. But not only did he rescue American soldiers, he also rescued who? 
Japanese soldiers too. And those on the ground receiving these Japanese soldiers saying, what is going on here? That's love. Love your enemy. Love everybody. Last one. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so we're living in this world, there's evil all around us, okay? And it's so easy sometimes to kind of get influenced by it and get angry, upset, and, and join in with the evil, but we're called upon to be like the eye in the hurricane, where there's peace, and there's goodness, and there's love. No matter what happens around us, we, our focus is on God. He fills us, and we keep going forward in, in goodness, and peace, and love. That's what God wants us to do in this world. You know, in closing, our church, our schools, the mission ministry we do, the effectiveness of it all depends to the degree in which we collectively love the way God loves. Even our own individual lives. How we love. The most powerful force in the universe is love because God is Love. And sometimes we're going through life on the, the horizontal level and there's, there's so much going on and, and sometimes we may feel like we're, we're running empty. The key is we have to keep focusing on the vertical relationship with Jesus. To keep getting filled up with, with the word of God through prayer, through worship, through serving him in all we say and in what we do. Now, yesterday, my car was on empty. If I would have kept driving it, what would happen? it would stop working. So I got to the gas station, I filled it up. And right now I want to take a moment of prayer for us to have our tanks filled up. Love comes from God. And through God's love, we learn to love ourselves. We learn to love God. And we learn to love others. And this is the central foundation of our Christian faith, applying, living out the love of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are love. Pure, pure, perfect love. You showed us that love in how you live, and you show us that love in the words that you inspired Paul to write in Romans. These are your words. This is what love looks like. Lord, help us to take some time this week to go back over this section of Scripture from Romans 12, 9 through 21, and to be thinking about these things and we pray for your spirit to help us to live these things out more and more. Maybe some of the areas were weak in, maybe some were stronger in. Lord, help us to be filled with your love. We realize we can't do this without you. And right now, I pray for your spirit to fill every one of us here with love. Maybe some of us are feeling a bit like we're running on empty. Life is tough. Life's been weighing us down. Lord, take away the baggage. Take away the sin. Take away the hurt from us. Help us to make room to be filled with your love that we go forth into the world in a few short moments, that love leaves this place and love is poured out into this world that so desperately needs it. We pray this in your name. Amen. This time the offering will be received. If you please sign the registers in your rows as well at this time.